Amen. Let's give him a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Is he worthy? He's a worthy lamb. Amen. He's the holy God. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end. The root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. He's all in all, everything we have need of and more this morning. Amen. He's God. Amen. God here to meet your need, whatever it is, to speak to your heart and reveal himself to you. Amen. We appreciate the Lord and his goodness to us and his grace. Let's just bow our heads together. As we go to prayer this morning, we've had our prayer requests, but we want to remember our brother Joe Adams, who is away ministering this weekend, doing evangelistic work up in Oklahoma. We also want to remember Jared Butts, who has got meningitis in the hospital. We went by and prayed for him the other day. And God began to move. And let's just pray that it'll continue today and that that healing will be complete. He's a young man, just a young college student, needs to come to know Jesus. May at this time the Lord just deal with his heart and ever need supplied. Now, Father, as we bow before your throne of grace today, we thank you that you're the almighty God and that there is no other. That at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. And you are certainly our Lord this morning, the ruler of our lives, the one that we say is our master. And we bow before you today because you are our king. Lord, one day you will be the king of kings and lord of lords and rule over the earth. But right now you're our king. Lord, you're the king of saints. Lord, I just pray, dear God, that we'll each one give you the proper place in our lives today for the king of kings and lord of lords. I ask, Lord, that you'd be merciful, Lord, to this young man, Jared, Lord. God, he needs a touch from you. Lord, the whole family needs a touch. And I just pray, God, that you'll just come by their way today. Speak to their hearts. Reveal yourself to them. Lord, young man like this, father, in the prime of life, and Satan has struck him down with a dangerous situation. But when you go back to the days of Abraham when You ask Sarah the question, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And we know there's nothing too hard for you, dear God, not even this meningitis. We ask, Lord, that you'll undertake as we rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ and send forth healing on the wings of this prayer right now to that hospital room. Lord, also, Lord, for Sister Peggy Smith's great-grandchild that's struggling for its life, just a newborn baby and something wrong with its bowels and emergency surgery. You can hear, Lord, the, the, the heart's cries today of your people. There's so many needs, Lord, but you're such a great God and such a great healer. Lord, you, you heal all diseases. And Lord, for our brother Joe Adams, it's 
Lord, that's ministering today away from home and him and his family. I pray, Lord, you'll be with them and give them the mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Ever need supply, we pray in Jesus' name. As we approach the word, Lord, bless it to our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Be making your way over to Ezekiel chapter 37. For our scripture reading this morning, we'll begin with the first verse again. I hope this becomes familiar to you. Also, um, as you're turning there, I just wanted to mention um, that I will be sending a missionary offering to Africa this next week, God willing, to purchase those musical uh, instruments. We have received enough um, mission money to to do that for that little church there. there it's, um, it's in a very, very impoverished part of the, the world, but then a very, very impoverished part of Ghana. And uh, they need some help there today, so we're going to help them with some of the things that they have asked for. And uh, I know the brother spoke with him many, many times and shared with him many, many things. So um, I know that God will bless you for giving unto the Lord. And always remember missions, amen? We're blessed. God gave us this whole building and everything's paid for. We don't owe a dime on it, amen? We got an activities building for the youth that we're, we're building now. And as I told you, the money is there for, for the slab and for the building. Um, you know, if you feel led to give something, uh, we do have the electrical and air conditioning, heating, all of that to do um, that, that will still be outstanding after the building is erected and maybe some of the inside things, uh, the inside plumbing and, and uh, flooring and so on like that. But anyway, God's a provider and I'm not a, big, a least bit worried about it because he is El Shaddai. Amen. And El Shaddai means that, that he is more than enough. Amen. And how many has found him to be more than enough in your life? Amen. I have some very special things on my heart today. And, and I'm just looking for God to come and show himself as more than enough. Amen. Because that's what he is. The God we serve is a great God. He's bigger than any problem that you can name. At the mention of that name, the name of Jesus, they have to bow and fall to that name. Amen. And admit that he is Lord, the ruler. So cancer has to go. Sickness has to go. We've seen it happen. Amen. We know what God does. We know what God is doing. Amen. And we, uh, we believe that we're here writing a book of Acts. Amen. Because we are a continuation of that book of Acts. And so, um, you know, if you're here for your first time here today, we uh, combine two services together. We have folks that have driven, many of them for a long ways, a couple of hours away to be in this service today. And you say, why would they do that? Well, it's just this simple. A church alive is worth the drive. Amen. So uh, we, uh, we serve a living God. And I believe we should be a living church, amen, on fire for God. And so we put our services together Sunday morning, Sunday night, and we just have church. So I hope you're here not for a program. 
not just for just to pass a few minutes of your day and kind of, uh, you know, um, just a little token of worship, but you're here to worship God with all of your heart. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. You can see here on our background, background here today, the valley full of dry bones. And then he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? So in verse 2 it says, and he caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in, an open, in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O oh Lord God, thou knowest. You know, sometimes things are way beyond even what a prophet can imagine. Amen. Amen. But the Bible said that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above that which are able to think or ask according to the power that worketh in you. And I believe there's a power that worketh in his church today. That's the Holy Ghost. Amen. So he says in verse 4, it says, Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinew upon you, and will bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, and bone to his bones. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came up on, upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live." So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came unto into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. And I'm addressing that army today. Amen. God bless you. You can take your seats. Today I'm going to be speaking on dry bones come alive. There are many passages in the Bible that described this last age and its move of God. And what we see in this passage of Isaiah is the word of the Lord bringing the restoration. It looks very hopeless. It's a pile of bones. But you know, the word of the Lord restores. As he would say in the book of Joel, I will restore, saith the Lord. That ought to give us hope. Today, no matter what situation that you are in in your life, whatever problem that you're having in your life, this is a God who is a restorer. Amen. If you're sick, he's a restorer of health. If you are sad, he's a restorer of joy. 
If you are in need, in a, um, in a spiritual need, well, he's a God who pours out abundantly. A man that will withhold no good thing from his children. I believe that, don't you? Amen, because we are the children of the great king of glory. We belong to him. And looking over at the land of Israel, we, are, we speak of this again as, you know, as our theme has been the people of the book are returning to the land of the book. And so we are, we are people that are returning back to the promised land of the Bible. Amen. You say, what in the world do you people believe? Well, you know, I know it's a common phrase among the world today, but, you know, they say, well, we believe the Bible, but the Bible is our absolute. Amen. It is, it is, our, it is our absolute. It is our cornerstone. And, it, and, of course, it's a revelation of who Jesus is as, as uh, whom the church is is built upon. It's that revelation, the rock that we are built upon of Jesus Christ. Now, looking at Israel and the land itself, um, I just was recently there, and it's a very, in many places, is a dry and a desolate place. But God's Word has already brought about such a restoration, even in our day and time until today, Israel stands as a mighty army and a thriving nation with great expectation among many of them as they are looking for the Messiah to come. They don't know who he is yet, but they're looking for him. They're under expectation. But even so, the, the bride, the church, has been a barren, desolate church until a message of restoration has given her life. And, and as, um, as, as we just share with you a little quotation from the sermon, the spoken words, original seed, that she is waiting for now for her, for the latter rain. And of course, that's the time and the hour that we are in where the Spirit of God is being poured out. Remember, um, down through the ages, it would be a portion, a portion of his spirit would be poured out with Luther, justification, and Wesley, another greater portion of his spirit of, of sanctification. And then there would be um, uh, the, the Azusa movement and, and the Holy Ghost being poured out um, with restoration of gifts. And, and of course, that was, those were all pouring out of God's spirit. But there reaches a time when the fullness is poured out. And I believe that we are here in the day where that God is emptying out his spirit into a people. There's somebody that is going to be the vessels that God dwells in. A church of Jesus Christ that, that, is, that knows who they are and are a prepared vessel to receive this great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, you know, the rain is, is far to bring the, the, um, the grain to harvest. And Jesus told us that there would be a harvest time. What well, time where the grain would, 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 or the wheat plant would come to its head or to grain again. That the same thing that was planted on the day of Pentecost 
would be the same kind of seed that would be here in the end time. And it would be harvested or taken in the garner or we could say it would be raptured or caught up to meet the Lord in the air. But so, you know, but, but you see the kind of seed you planted in the field will be the kind of crop that you will reap. So if denominations want more members, well, that's what they're going to get. And that's what they've gotten is just more members. Amen. You know, Pentecostals want more Pentecostals. They'll get more Pentecostals. That's what they're going to get. But the word, are you listening to me now? The word is going to produce sons and daughters of God, not just denominational church members, but sons and daughters of God. Amen. So you look at that great latter rain that is, that is supposed to be done as it's described. They will, they will run over the wall. They'll leap over. There'll be an army coming. And, and remember again, the kind of crop you get is the kind of seed that you put in your field. Amen. So if you want a word, church, you got to plant the word. Amen. You want a word bride? The word has got to be planted. Now, so this harvest rain or outpouring here in this last age, we are living in the last age. Amen. It is, a, it is the outpouring of the Spirit that has brought back sons of God back to the promised land of the Bible. This is where we have returned. Amen. And they have returned with wave after wave, and they're taking the land. The dry bones are coming to life until finally the dry bones even of the saints, the dead in Christ that have been uh, through the seven ages will, will by the word of this prophecy, by the word of the Lord, will rise from the dead. I believe we're right here in the, on the very cusp of his coming. The day and the hour when the dead in Christ shall rise. And that ought to be our expectancy. That, it, that any moment that they could appear among us and when we see them, we'll be changed in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. And then be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. This is what we believe. Now, but the bones can only live when the word is spoken. You see, he said, prophesy, son of man. It takes the word to bring the bones to life. Amen. Creeds will never satisfy a hungry heart. And you were predestinated of God to seek for God, to want to know where God, who God is, and know him in his reality. Amen. There was something in you that desired more than just a gathering to church or even more than just a token of worship. But there was something in you, you were predestinated to seek for life. I'm speaking to a group of people today that creeds could never satisfy your hunger heart. Amen. Denominational thinking can never satisfy your hungry heart. But there's a deep calling into the deep. And because of that depth of your soul, a seed gene of God there, then there is something in there to respond back to the Word of God. Amen. That makes you have a passion for the Word and a passion for truth. To know what to know Christ, not a creed. Amen. Not just a membership, but a living Word, a, a living Jesus that will live in His people. 
ain't not another bunch of put on and half-baked Christianity, but something that is real, that makes a man live right and talk right and act right, treat his neighbor right. Uh, something that works. Something that'll make young couples marry and stay together. Amen. Something that'll take the sovereign spirit away. This perversion in the land and make men real men and women real women that look like women and dress like women. Men that look like men and not not effeminate like women. Do you know Paul has said that, that being effeminate is one of the things that this gospel delivers you from. But the church today, this church is preaching a powerless gospel. One that you just remain, you know, we sang the song so long, just as I am. Until that's the way that people want. They want God to accept them just the way they are. And leave them alone just the way they are. But that's not the gospel. The gospel changes lives. Jesus will never leave you the way he found you. Hallelujah. But he'll change your life. Amen. He will transform you by the renewing of your mind. Make a new creature out of you. Now, so the bones can only live when the word of God is prophesied, preached, and spoken. Now, I think of something that Brother Branham said when he, in a prayer. And he said, Lord Jesus, we are a people who are trying to our best. With all that is in us to walk in the light of the gospel, of your great gospel that you died to make right. And we're so thankful to see in this evil dark days that we're living now in this hour that we see the signs appearing, oh God, as it is the handwriting on the walls. And we thank the Lord that we can see it now and know that deliverance is close at hand. We preach, we cross the country, we see you work great signs and show yourself daily each year. And there's not a year passes but what? His supernatural sign is striking the earth. I'm glad to testify of that. His supernatural sign is striking the earth. And we, and we see it knowing that the great army of God marches on. Oh, maybe not many in number, but what a powerful group that's got eternal life. Said they'll run through a troop and leap over a wall. Yes, the troop of death will have no holders to it. She'll run right through it, leap over the wall between the natural and the supernatural, and go into the arms of God into the great eternity. Amen. I'm talking about an army that that is rising up to jump over the wall between the natural and the supernatural. Amen, to run right into the presence of God and to the arms of God and to the great eternity. There is a rapture promise for a church in this last day, and you better get ready for it because it's going to happen whether you're ready or not. Amen, you better be prepared for it. 
because we are in the hour of his coming. Amen. Now, again, his glorious presence will strike the earth. We're in the hour where he's doing something very special, very supernatural in this end time. Many people's view of God is that, you know, Jesus died, buried, rose again, showed his great power, went back to heaven and forgot us all. That's not the gospel. Amen. He is here on the earth continuing his work. He has a body that he's working through. No, he's not working in that corporal man, the physical form of Jesus Christ who walked the shores of Galilee. He's here on earth working in his church. Amen. That means that you are his arms and you are his feet. You are his mouth. Amen, you're the one he's going to do his works through. Amen, he can't do it. He, he, he can't do it from his corporal body. He's there in the heavens. Amen, waiting for the moment, the time to come. The Bible said he is there interceding on, on our behalf. Amen, until, and until he comes, we are his body that he's working through on earth. So his great glorious presence shall strike the earth. And, and he speaks about it and said, he cometh in clouds. And man, oh, I love that. Clouds, there will be wave after wave of his glory will come up across the earth and the resurrection of the saints shall come. When that blessed Holy Spirit that lived in their hearts and there they died with their corpses laying there and the tear stains over their cheeks. And things like that. And they're placed out in the graveyard. A great wave of that same spirit and wave after wave. Amen. He that was last will be first. The ones we buried last will be the first ones to come up. Amen. Until until every age they come up. Until until finally the Ephesian age. And it will be Paul and Peter and James and John. They'll all rise. You say, Brother Tim, how do we know that? Well, the Bible tells us that. But even more than that, we can look at the Old Testament. And we can see when Jesus resurrected, the saints, many of the saints, the Bible said in Matthew, rose with him and appeared in the city. Amen. Oh, brother, we're about ready for the New Testament saints to rise. We, we have preached 1 Thessalonians 4 as a, as a funeral scripture for years and years and years and been, uh, been comforting one another by these words. And we still use that as a word of comfort. Amen. But friends, it is in this hour, it is more than a word of comfort. It is the day, it is the hour, it is the age, it is the time. Word that this prophecy becomes a fulfillment. Some of them we may lay down in the grave for one minute and they're back up again. I thought about my own precious mother-in-law that's 94 years old, can't leave the bed. Can't hear, can't see. And I thought, many of them old saints, 
that's coming a morning when the Holy Spirit will move through places just like that where she's laying and sweep right over that little old woman laying there and hearing will come back and eyesight will come back and hair will come back the right color again and the wrinkles will fade away and she will vanish out of their sight. This is not a fantasy. This is not a fairy tale. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just as real as him raising from the dead and ascending into glory. There will be the dead in Christ shall rise and there will be a people ascend. And I tell you, when we see the world is all falling around us and sin is all around us and our society is falling, our schools are falling, our homes are falling, our nations are falling, but I tell you this morning, you are not a part of this fallen world. You are not a part of a fallen people. You are a people who have been called to ascend. So you're not getting weaker and weaker in your faith. Your people is getting stronger and stronger in your faith. I didn't come to church today to get a little weaker. I come today to hear the prophecy of the word of God, to live, to rise up, to become a mighty army. Now, so you see, wave after wave after wave of the saints will be arising from everywhere. Oh, won't that be a wonderful time? That makes that ought to make us old people feel young again. Hey Amen. Just think about it. We're just, we're just hours from eternity. Amen. Maybe even some of us minutes from eternity. Young again. Now, in this age that we're living in, this present time, there's been wave after wave of his spirit as he poured it out. We can see in 1906 that this last, the seventh church age would, would begin and, and it will end, of course, with the resurrection and the rapture. That's when I said dry bones will live again. And it's time for another wave. And I believe before the dead in Christ rise, we are that final wave before they rise. Amen. Now, again, from God keeps his word, we should be unfolding. God's spirit pouring out, not just a little gusher, not just one little baptism, but baptism after baptism. Amen. The Bible would call it in Acts chapter 3, he would call it times of refreshing. Not a time of refreshing, but times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Amen. So how many is ready this morning for another time, another times of refreshing? Amen. Not just, not just one little gusher. Amen. Not one, just one little baptism, but baptism after baptism. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I'm not just satisfied with just one thing, are you? No, sir, I'm, I want to see God move time on time and time again. Amen. Amen. I tell you, right here, right here, we've got enough we could, we could testify of and rejoice about, but we cannot dare just sit back on our laurels and say, that's good enough. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's not good enough. Amen. There's more. I'm not satisfied with just one miracle. I want to see God move again. Amen. Amen. We got Sister Lana here. God healed of, of cancer. Hodgkin's disease. Amen. And, and I don't know if you can even find it just to put it up for a moment, but her, the picture of her scans. I mean, one, one, a doctor's diagnosis, I mean, she won't even survive the treatments. Amen. Till, till they didn't know what to do with it. Healed. We don't know what to do. This has never happened. We don't know what to do with this. And you remember when the Holy Spirit swept through this place, amen, and she ran around this building shouting, rejoicing. And as I said, she's rejoicing because her enemy is dead. Amen. Amen. Stand up, Mariah. Amen. Stand up. Here's a little girl right here with alopecia. So bad that she had lost all of her hair. But God still restores the glory. Thank you. Walk into a prayer line. Walk into a prayer line in youth camp with her, with her pins in her hands and says, I want to wear hair pins. And yet, yet she is bald-headed. No hair on her body. And the doctor said, they'll never come back. Amen. But God's still God. Amen, that was a wave of glory. And I'll tell you what, that was a wave of glory with Sister Lana. My wife over there healed of a brain bleed. That was a wave of glory. My grandson who could never walk and crawl and the Holy Spirit sweeping in the room. That was a wave of glory and the child walked. Hallelujah, why? Because God's still God. Hallelujah. But church, we cannot be satisfied with a few moves of God. We must have baptism after baptism, not a revelation that just shall live by faith or sanctification or gifts of the Spirit, but revelation after revelation and power after power and glory after glory. Amen. We're living in an hour where the full word has come. Paul's gospel has returned back to us. So while we've had the Bible for years, Brother Tim, yeah, viewed through 41, 40-something thousand different denominations. Amen. Each one of them asking you to put their glasses on to understand. But we're back to Paul's gospel again. Amen. The full word has come. The seven seals have been opened. We're living in the days of the book of Revelation where things are happening. 
Amen. It's not just happening here. We had the brother from Ghana here standing on our pulpit Wednesday night. Things are happening there. Things are happening around the world. Amen. Because God is still moving. And he's not moving in just one place. But he's moving around the world. I'll tell you, it was a blessing the other day to connect him with the folks down in Japan and be able to, to you know, the Bible said that knowledge shall increase and, 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 and men shall run to and fro. In other words, travel shall be vastly increased. And sitting right here in the church the other day using the Internet, you know, speaking with, with in, um, in, in uh, uh, to, to the Japanese and, and, their, and, and, and the, very, the pictures in real time talking back and forth and sharing there what the Lord was doing in Ghana because some of them had been missionaries in Ghana and there was, uh, there was contacts. In fact, there was a man from Korea that is from Ghana and he joined with them in that, in that um, Bible study the other day and um, it so happened that he was from the very same city that Brother Samuel Taylor was from. You don't think God knows how to orchestrate things? Amen. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Hallelujah. Amen. And so you see, we're, we're in a day when, when the full word has come into manifestation. Because at the opening of the seven seals, Revelation 10, the full word is to be born in the manifestation again and vindicated by, by the Spirit of God in full strength. In full strength. I mean, as he was here when he was on the earth, there's got to be somebody that matches him when he comes. Same life, same ministry, the same Jesus in bright form. Somebody that is bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh and life of his life and power of his power. She's him. She's just in a female form. The Bible calls this the marriage of the lamb. If the lamb is going to get married, the Bible tells you the law of God is species after species, kind after kind. Is that right? So then if he's going to marry, if, he's, if, if God, the lamb, is going to marry, he's got to have somebody on earth that matches him. How many would say today, God, change me until I fully match you? Amen. Transform me by your transforming power until I match the scripture. Amen. So you see, when we go back to the first age in the Ephesian age, as he said to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right, and he spoke of them how they lost their first love. And they were losing out. You see, the first age, that early age was, was like a grain, like a grain of wheat. Jesus, he compared the church to a grain of wheat. But when a, when a seed is planted, it begins to deteriorate and to decay. And all the life that is in the seed goes into the shoot. And so, even so, Ephesus deteriorated. And she lost her first love. But even then, 
It was more than just losing their first love while they were not raptured. It was more a reason than that. The reason was there were others whose names were in the book of life. Think of it. If God had raptured the church back in the first age, you wouldn't be here. Luther wouldn't be there. Wesley wouldn't be there. Many of them down through the dark ages wouldn't be there. Somebody help me preach. But God having something better for us. Amen. That he did not allow them to come to perfection. Amen. But he waited until this age. Amen. Word that he would bring a people to maturity. Somebody who would be bright age. Where would be bride time, marriage time, mature time, adoption time. Amen. What do you mean adoption time? When God recognizes you as his sons and daughters and places you in a place of power. Now, so they would have to go to sleep. And we have been laying the ages away in sleep for thousands of years waiting for the last. But beloved, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Amen. What's wrong with us believing that we are that mystery. There has to come a people, there has to come a time, there has to come a day. What's wrong with us believing that we are that mystery? Amen. That people who will not all sleep. Amen. But will be there, changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Amen. Somebody's going to start believing that. I say it might as well be you. It might as well be me. Somebody's going to accept that as their own. You say, well, Brother Tim, what if it ain't the age? Well, you can make all your what ifs if you want to. I'm going to live today as if he's coming today. And if I sleep, then I'll come up just like that. But if not, I'll be among those that are living. Now, but at last, you know, we've come into restoration and Luther, what the Lutherans would would say, but the just shall live by faith. What a glorious revelation. But it wasn't all of it. Wesley would come along and say, but you got to have a sanctified life to go with that faith. And so we needed sanctification. And Azusa Street would come along and say, but there are gifts of the Spirit that is spoke of in the, in the Bible, and we need those too. But none of them were the full word. Each one had their partial truth. And sadly, every one of them camped there. That's where they stayed. They made their bylaws. They made their denomination. They formed their, their church, and they stayed right there. That's where they are today. 
But there's somebody coming back to the land of the Bible. There's somebody coming back to the full word. There's somebody not going to be satisfied with going part of the way. And, and, and making another stopping place. I want you to understand, this is not another station in the journey. This is the last age. The spirit will not speak in another age. This is the last one. And if you don't hear what he's saying now, you'll never hear it. Because he won't speak in another age. This is the last age. This is the last warning. This is the climax. This is the end time. This is a time of Laodicea where, where churches will put him on the outside and never miss him. Yet they're still singing about him, talking about him, even reading some of his words, but he ain't even in their midst and they don't even realize he's departed. But on the other hand, aren't you glad there's another hand? Amen. Amen. There's somebody going to receive eyesight instead of blindness. True riches instead of poverty. Come on, church. There's somebody going to have gold-like character instead of being a characterless church. Amen. There there is somebody there that's going to overcome in this hour. That's who I'm preaching to this morning is overcomers. And you don't overcome by not facing things. Amen. You overcome because there is opposition. There is a real enemy. There is a real devil. And you face him. Hallelujah. You may be the little David with just a slingshot. But when you get let go of that name of Jesus, every devil has to fall at the mention of that name. Amen. The bride has the mind of Christ. In other words, they're going to think like him. You know, television has done a good job of changing the thinking of people today. It's a vision. It's a vision everybody's looking at. I don't have one. I recommend you don't. Because it's hell brought into your home. You drink a, you know, you ha- they, there they serve beer right in your home, sex scenes right in your home, cursing right in your home, murders right in your home, and then we wonder why kids are growing up the way they are. Because what you feed on is what you become. Same thing with you young people with these video games. They get so desensitized to it, there's no feeling. The Bible said they would be past feeling. Amen. And that's exactly, they become numb. They become numb to what's right and wrong until, until it's just automatically to kill somebody just for the sake of killing. And we have a generation today of murderers and adulterers and adulterers and perverts that even if they're not committing these things physically, they are in their heart. The Bible said that men would give their mind over to the beast. 
And when they give their mind over it, they begin to image the beast. And this is what is happening in our society is people have given their minds over into whatever's popular. We, on the other hand, become, oh, make a, you know, make a token, a tribute toward God. Oh, there, there's a God. And, you know, we think that's because we're Americans, that we're Christians. You're not a Christian because you're American. You can't be a Christian unless you're born again. Amen. But we have some, you know, bunch of Islamists come over and blow up the Twin Towers and kill 3,000 people. And we all mourn as a nation and never mourn over slaughtering our own innocent unborn children. You know why? It's because we're living in a time of insanity. Because not only is the mind of Christ being poured out, but the very mind and thinking of Satan is being poured out in this generation, in this time. Not only is this a rapture time, not only is this a harvest time of the true, but this is also a harvest of the false. And so they're all being gathered together under one thinking. But on the other hand, I don't want to focus too much on the negative. I want to focus on who you are. And I want you to know that there is a people that are receiving the mind of Christ. In other words, the word means something to them. The word has a preeminence. The word has a proper place in their lives, in their homes. It means something. It's not just a token deal of we'll put prayer back in school. It's putting prayer back in the person. It's putting real prayer. I'm talking about real intercession and real prayer and real calling out to God. Something that touches the heart of God. I mean, real prayer back in the church. Amen. The reason why the sick have been healed here is because there's some real prayers being prayed. Amen. Somebody could touch the high priest who could, who could be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And that's what we need here in the church is we need, we need people who can touch the high priest. Hallelujah. Listen, will you make every service count? That we just don't come to church to sit on the pew, but we come here to war against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and high places and have the word of God cause us to rise up. The sister dry bones live. What does God want done with this word? What does he want done with this word? He wants us to believe the word. He wants us to receive the word. And then he wants to speak the word. In other words, put the word into action. All your faith without works is dead faith. You know, we, we're so easy in this day, so, so ready to adopt an easy believism. I believe Jesus Christ is my personal savior. 
Oh, look, you're saved now. You're going to heaven. Really? You're not going to heaven unless you're truly born again. That means you die out to sin through real repentance and turning from sin and having the Holy Spirit to burn out that that sin nature in your life and then fill you with the Holy Ghost, which is the power of God and the salvation. Amen. It's more than just a little profession of faith. Although that's good. I'd rather you do that and be a nice person to your neighbor and, you know, do good in the community than to be nothing. But God wants more than that out of you. He wants somebody that matches him. Are you with me? So the word is in the bride. You remember this. The word is in the bride and the mind of Christ to know what he wants done with the word. And so she does it in his name. She has, thus saith the Lord. Then it's germatized. So the Holy Spirit then waters it until it's grown and serves its purpose. They and the bride do only his will. No one can persuade them different. They have thus saith the Lord, or they keep still. Then they will do the works of God, for it is himself in them, continuing his word to fulfill. When he was here, he did not complete all when he was here, for it was not time yet. But now it's time. Amen. Time has reached its fullness. The church ages have reached their fullness. The Gentile dispensations have reached their fullness. And there is a mature bride, a mature bride who is the word. And not only does she have the word, she, know what, she has the mind of Christ to know what he wants done with the word. Amen. Now, what does he want done with his word? He wants you to speak it. Amen. First of all, he wants you to live it. But then it must be confessed. Amen. So she performs the command of the word in his name. For she has, thus saith the Lord. Some of us are waiting on thus saith the Lord when we've already got it. That's what the message is, is thus saith the Lord. Amen. I I just want to ask you something even. You say, well, Brother Tim, I'm waiting on, on a special Special prophecy. I'm waiting on a special nudge. I'm I'm waiting on a I'm waiting on a, a the everything the climate to get right. Why don't you just start confessing it right now? Why don't you stand on it and say, "This is my word. This is my promise. God gave this to me." Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, church, you know, even then when when Joshua stood out and he spoke to the sun and he said, sun, stand still. I know know people's God ain't big enough to do that today, but my God is. If he can stop the sun, he can can deal with the nature in your life. Amen. He showed his doing some extreme things in the days of Joshua. He's still doing extreme things. 
He's ready to do something extreme this morning. I'm looking for him to come on the scene for some needs right here in this church. You say, Brother Tim, I, you, you still got needs in this church. Yes, and as long as we are in this flesh, we'll always have needs. Amen. But we got a need supplier also in this church. Don't you forget that. We got a God that's more than able in this church. More than in this building. I'm talking about in his church, in his people. So, well, if I just knew the right scripture, well, what scripture was Joshua quoting that day? Well, you know, when David stood there and he, and, and he said, today I'll cut your head off. And he prophesies of what's going to happen. What scripture was he quoting? Amen. What, so we come back again. What, what does God want done with his word? He wants it spoken. Amen. You know, Joshua is here under a commission. And the commission was take the land. And I'm with you. Wherever you put your foot on, I've given it to you. And he needed more daylight. So he looked up there and he said to the sun, stay where you are. And moon, you stay where you are. I need light to finish conquering this enemy. That's what I'm saying again, again and again and again. God, we need the light to keep shining until every enemy is dead. Till unbelief is totally conquered. In our lives. Amen. What does God want done with his word? He wants it spoken. That's what David did. He knew he was a seed of Abraham. How many believe you're a seed of Christ? Well, who's greater, Abraham or Christ? Amen. David looks at Goliath and says, you know, what does this uncircumcised Philistine have a right to challenge the armies of the living God? Amen. Today, I'll take your head off your shoulder. And that's the way, that's the attitude that you've got to take toward the devil that is tormenting you and your family. Today, enough is enough. There ought to be somebody that is sick and tired of being 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 sick and tired. Enough is enough. And when the people begin to realize who they are, and they don't have to tolerate this enemy standing on this promise, it's not his. It don't belong to him. It's mine. And when you begin to realize this is my promise, this is my word, this is God's word to me, And today I'm taking my stand on it. Amen. Then a people there, when they realize who they are, then the gates of hell cannot prevail against her. God never made you to run from your enemy. God made you to overcome your enemy. You know, it's the spoken words that is the original seed 
God brought everything into being by his spoken word. Amen. And when you speak the word, it's a seed. You have planted a seed, a promise there. And you just stand there with thanksgiving and begin to water it and watch it grow. It's going to come to pass. It's got life in it. Hallelujah. You just produce the atmosphere around that seed and it's going to germinate. Not only will it germinate, it'll grow. And not only sprout, it'll bring forth fruit. It'll not only bring forth fruit, it'll come to harvest. Amen. Do you know Moses standing there that day when Moses stood there and the Red Sea had got in his way of taking the people, God told him, take, it, take the people to the promised land. Well, then there's a Red Sea in the way. It looked like God's people are trapped and they're hemmed in. Well, Moses began to cry. Humanity. Amen. You, you've had some victories in your life, and then, then, then there's a Red Sea in your way. What you, what's the first thing you start doing? Crying. Why me, Lord? How come, Lord? Why? You said you'd make my way prosperous. How come you? How come you? I'm hemmed in here. How come I've got this problem? Why is it? Why is it you brought us here and you had a miracle there and you did this for my child and now you got this in my way and now we don't know which way to turn? And what did God do? Did he feel sorry for Moses? No, he didn't feel sorry for Moses. He said, why are you crying about this? You know what to do. Speak and go forward. Hallelujah. You know what I want to do, what I want done with the word. Speak and go forward. You know, yeah, you're him then. Yeah, the enemy's put a trap there. Yeah, it looks like it's an obstacle, but your victory's going to be greater now than ever. And I'm telling you today, church, get ready for greater victories. Amen, because you ain't seen nothing yet what our God can do. You have only just barely started tapping in to the blessings of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Why are you crying about this? Why are you worrying about this? Amen. You say, God, you got this. God said, no, you got this. You're the one that's got this. Speak now and go forward. Mm, Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I hope I can preach in English. Hallelujah. God rebuked Moses for not acting like Christ. God rebuked Moses for not acting like Christ. Why cry? Speak. 
Well, Brother Tim, I need some scripture today. Well, that's good. I'm glad you asked for it. 2 Corinthians 4.13. We have in the same spirit of faith. Anybody want to agree to that? We have in the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe and therefore I have spoken and we also believe and therefore speak. There's somebody who's going to believe and speak. Oh, Brother Tim, words ain't going to do nothing. Well, then just why did Jesus say, if you say to this mountain, your mountain's got to hear your voice. Now, let me just share with you a little, another little quotation. Now, let me tell you something. Each man that's born again of, with the Spirit of God, in him is a miniature creator. A miniature creator. You say, I don't believe that, Brother Tim. Well, okay, you know, you're creating an atmosphere just by not believing. And you're creating an atmosphere where unbelief will reign. So why are you preaching the way you are to create an atmosphere where faith will reign? Because God, God, when Jesus was here, he could do nothing with, with them down in Nazareth because of their unbelief. Because they couldn't see him as who he really was. Is not this Mary's son and Joseph and we know and this and that and his brother and we know and he's lived here all our lives and he'd become common to them. And they couldn't believe that God could come down in common humanity. Somebody hung up on me. I'll dial you back in then. Because I ain't through yet. We're in the image of God. He's a creator. So we're a miniature creator. As I've said before, you may not agree with this. Doesn't matter whether you agree or not. It agrees with the Bible. But dogs give birth to dogs. Kittens, or cats give birth to kittens. Monkeys give birth to monkeys. Humans give birth to humans. So when God gives birth, it's not another species, it's another son and daughter of God. Hallelujah. When you're born again, that's another God that is born. I'm not talking about somebody to be worshipped now. I'm talking about somebody that's in the image of his creator that can say, Father, I'm not your son. Hallelujah. That's the reason. You see, we're in the image of God. He's a, God's a creator. That's the reason you can believe that God could heal a person. Because God is in you. And God made the world. Amen. Listen, if he made the world, listen, if he made the dust obey him, gathered the dust up, put life into it, to make, to make a man, if God can make it, can't God fix it? That's why he says, I'm the Lord God that heals all of thy diseases. Amen? Because if he made you, 
He's the one who made you. He's the one who can fix you. Amen. You can, let me tell you again. This God, you don't have a problem too big that he can't solve. Amen. Amen. Now, he just spoke it, and it turned into existence. He believed his own word. Amen. Now, if God believes his own word, then sons and daughters of God will believe his own word. And if a man's born of the Spirit of God, he's an offspring of God, and that part of God is in him, and he believes every word that God says will materialize, and so that makes him a part of God. And the Holy Spirit in the man makes him a part of God. Amen. Again, you know, you know if you go back to what is, what is a word? A word is a thought expressed. Is that right? So God first perceived the thought, then he spoke it. And it became a word, and the word became material. Amen. I'm going to throw you a curveball now. Get ready to catch it. Amen. But the same thing, it is, you see, the word cannot just remain a thought in your mind. Amen. Nothing happened until he spoke it. Yet it was powerful thoughts powerful thoughts that he had in his mind but nothing happened nothing materialized till he spoke it well I believe the word of God is true brother Tim as long as it's just your thought it's not going to do anything you're going to have to speak it amen you're going to have to begin to claim that Stand right there. This is mine. So he said, you know, so everything God spoke in his word received into the right channel will materialize that word for whatever the promise is behind it. God will do it. He's obligated to do it. Then Jesus Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you have God, the word in you, and you believe the word just as you believe God because it is God and it's inseparable. Then you have God's word in you. You got God's life in you. You have God in you. And whatever God's word speaks forth out of you, it'll have to come to pass just like God spoke it. Because God's word is just as powerful when he speaks it or when I speak it. (laughs) Or when you, the believer, speaks it. If it's God's word, amen, don't matter what mouthpiece that he uses, Come on. Amen. Listen, bones were there, laying there, bleach, dry, dead for years until something was spoken. And when it was spoken, dry bones lived. Hallelujah. Bone came to its bone. Come on. Sanu came upon it, tying them together. Flesh came upon it. But then he said, prophesy again. Prophesy to the wind. Hallelujah. So come fill this army. Amen. I tell you, it's time that we begin to call on the Holy Ghost. Send another wave of your spirit. Move one more time, God. 
Amen. Let the wind come. Let the Holy Ghost come. Let it cause dry bones to live again. Listen, even the scriptures are not to be dry bones. This is not a graveyard. The Spirit comes to make this word live. Too many times we're treating this like a graveyard. Something in the past, something that once lived. Something that used to be alive. Something that used to have power. That ain't this word. No, sir, this word is, a, is more powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. As Brother Branham would say in adoption, go back to Genesis, the original, what is it? Now the world and nature is groaning, crying, everything's moving. For what? The manifestations of the sons of God. Now that's Romans chapter 8. That that he says the world is groaning and travailing. And the cries of this world is getting louder and louder with the groaning. Have you ever heard such a groaning time? Mothers killing their babies. Abortions of all kinds. Politicians with no backbone to even stand up for what's right. Come on, church. Amen. We got good politicians, all right. Most of them is the best money can buy. Say, Brother Tim, don't you believe there's some godly people in the land? Yes, I do. Thank God for them. But I'm going to tell you what, our hope isn't in them. Our hope's in Jesus. And my hope isn't staying here. My hope is in leaving here. Because I tell you, I tell you again, this world is getting more wicked and more wicked and more wicked. And every generation is more evil than the one before it. Until Satan will, will be crowned the king of this earth. You read the Bible, you'll see it happen. But that the, the apostle Paul said, we are waiting for, the world is groaning and waiting for it. The manifestations are the revealing of the sons of God. Where sons of God will be revealed, made known. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, listen. Listen. Go right back to Genesis, to the original. The world and nature is groaning and crying, everything moving. What? For the manifestations of the sons of God. When true sons, born sons, field sons speak, and their words are backed. I believe we're right on the border of it now. Yes, sir, say to this mountain, let it be so. Brother, I desire so-and-so a thing to be done. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a manifestation. Brother, my crops are burning up yonder. I haven't had any rain. I send you rain in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless your crop. Waiting, groaning, all nature, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. God ordained it at the beginning. He gave man the domain. That's your dominion. 
He gave Jesus Christ, and Jesus gave it in his name with his assurance. Ask the Father and anything in my name, and I'll do it. Waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God, the position, the church. Amen. We've been waiting a long time for that. Ever since Adam sold it out back 6,000 years ago. Amen. And Satan becomes the prince of the power of the air. And then he becomes, uh, even, even Jesus called him the prince of this world. He's a squatter on God's property. It don't belong to him. God never created the earth for him. God never created your body for him. Amen. I want to tell you, I'm going to put the devil on notice today even, that your body is not his domain. It does not belong to him. Amen. He did not make it. Come on, church. Amen. This is God's earth. Hallelujah. And we got a right to pray right now. You know, Lord, let your will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? The blood has redeemed us back. Amen. The blood has redeemed us back to John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater than these shall you do. For I go to my Father. Amen. Now, so again, the blood has redeemed us back to that. I want you to understand, friends, there are others who have left the land. But there again is another people in the land today who is going to do the works of Jesus Christ. They are doing this. Amen. God is wanting to place his church and sons and daughters of God as he would say, God, let me live it as my, let me live to see it as my prayer. So close, I can, I can just about almost feel it with my hands. He said, is that near? Amen. What I've longed to see, waiting for the time, and walk down the street, there lays a cripple laying there from his mother's womb. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Amen. Oh, my. That's what we got to be as a church that has something. Amen. There's a lot of places, you, you know, a lot of pay, people, places, Christians, whatever, you know, it's, it, they're bankrupt. But there ought to be a church on earth that has something. Such as I have, give out of thee. Hallelujah. We should be able to give by the, by the preaching of the word, by the creating atmosphere. Give a place for a child to be born into the kingdom of God. Amen. Where the sick can be healed. Where evil spirits are cast out. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. When God will make himself known. When they'll stop diseases. Amen. They'll stop cancer. They'll stop sickness. Hallelujah. You stop here. Amen. Devil, your ride ends here. Amen. You're not going any further than right here. Amen. Rather than a church be unstoppable, we're an unstoppable church. Amen. We're a church that won't quit. We won't back up off of a promise. We're going forward in the name of Jesus Christ. 
If you get in our way, devil, you're going to have a big fall because we're coming through. Jesus, we're coming through. Amen. Sons and daughters of God who know their position, they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Amen. They know they are to stop sickness, stop cancer, stop diseases. Amen. Can I say it? Stop sin. Sin stops here. Amen. We're not a treatment center for sin. Well, we may, you know, we give you a nice little speech and help you along, you know, to the, to the next uh, AA meeting that we're having in the church. You know, this is not an AA meeting. Well, you kind of, we try to train you how to live with your addictions. We're not talking about living with your sin addiction. We're talking about a sin cure that changes the nature of a man or a woman and makes them born again by the Spirit of God. And there ain't no preacher have to follow you around looking over your shoulder to see if you're living right because it's the Holy Ghost in you. Amen, directing you and causing you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgment. Hallelujah. We're an adoption age. We're the son, not, not adopting a child or, or a baby, somebody else's child, but we're in the Roman custom. A man would adopt his own son. That means he recognized him as having the maturity and the, uh, and the ability to take over his father's business. Hallelujah. I believe we're in adoption time where there's a people on earth, amen, that can be about father's business, that he can recognize them and give them check signing authority. You got a need on earth, write out the check. You got a problem, write out the check. This is a big problem. Well, the bank of heaven's never been known to go bankrupt, write out the check. You got a need in your life, write out the check for it. Amen. Send it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'll tell you, there's enough funds there that he deposited Calvary. It can never run out. It's sufficient today. It's for you right now. For the promises to you and for your children and to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Amen. That's where God's getting the church, trying to get the church. Brother Branham would say, God is, God is waiting. The whole creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God, waiting to a spot to where that sickness will be arise. And it'll be that way, and the blind shall receive their sight. Amen. That God don't do that. Well, he just healed my wife's sight. That her brain bleed took away. Come on, he's still God. Amen. Deaf and dumb, we pray for them now, now but then you'll command it. Didn't say these signs shall follow, or, or it said these signs shall, didn't it say these signs shall follow them that believe? They shall pray for the sick, they shall cast out devils. Not I will, they will. 
Amen. If you say to this mountain, not if I say, if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart. What we need is adoption. Sons and daughters need adoption. And let me just tell you, that adoption is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's when you're sealed by the Holy Ghost, united with God, and have the authority then to act in his name. Come on, it's time for Christians to quit running around and hiding behind a post somewhere or hiding under the pew because the devil just walked in this building or come in your home or whatever. It's time for you to quit laying down and letting the devil run all over you and your family. It's time you stand up. Hallelujah, an army to rise. Let me read you a scripture. I won't read the whole thing. I'm going to read the second part of it. 1 John 2, 14. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong. Amen. There it is. I have written unto you, young men. See in the middle of the verse? Young men, because you are strong. Okay, I'll read the whole thing. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. Can you say amen to that? Or then let's say amen to this. I have written unto you young men because you are strong. And the word of God, here's why you're strong. The word of God abideth in you. And because of that, you have overcome the wicked one. Hallelujah. Amen. You have overcome. Overcome means you have struggled. You have wrestled with and you have fought against. Amen. Wait a minute. So up Revelation 5 and let's read from verse 1. Let me just show you something here. Let me just show you Jesus. Here's the Lamb. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside it was sealed with seven seals. Next verse. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. Next verse. And no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And nobody was worthy. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Verse 5. And one of the elders said unto me, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. Oh, my. That word prevailed means he wrestled with. He fought against. Come on. He didn't win this without a battle. I mean, you want victories without a battle. You're seeing a Goliath come up, and then you're melting with fear. But yet you want to be a David. Central. They're out of breath now. I think they're not dead. Thy bones live again. One of these elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. He has wrestled with, he has fought the battle, he has won the battle. And, and prevailed to open the book 
and to loose the seven seals thereof. Next verse. And I beheld in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. So now we can see he, he was slain, but he rose again. Death couldn't conquer him. Hell couldn't hold him. Amen. The grave couldn't keep him down. Amen. He prevailed over death, hell, and the grave. He prevailed over sin. He prevailed over sickness. But he took it in his own body. He faced it. He faced it. Now, we got problems that come up. And you say, why me, Lord? Why him? Are you greater than him? But I don't want this battle. That ought not be what you say. You ought to say, I want this battle. Because this battle is where the Lord's going to show himself. God on my behalf. Amen. Come on. Amen. This is my battle. And this is going to be my victory. Amen. Now, so again, I I write unto you, young men, because you are strong and that you have overcome the wicked one. Now, somebody's going to overcome the wicked one. But who's it going to be? It's going to be a strong man. Now, the Bible would say in the book of Daniels, he said that they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Amen? There's going to be a people that are strong, not weaklings, strong. Amen? Abraham was strong in the faith, giving glory to God. Is that right? Amen. Now, see, again, You know, Sarah got in this attitude of, well, it'll never happen to me. Well, somebody else can bring it. Abraham, he'll have that child, but I can't. It'll never be for me until God could come along and get her to believe in. He could never, he could never bless her with a child as long as she had that atmosphere about her. And God can never bless us as a church if we keep that kind of atmosphere around us. We got to have an atmosphere that when, when obstacles come our way, that we're ready to face it. Amen. God has not brought me into battle that he can't overcome. I'm not in this by myself. Now, so you, you have overcome the wicked one. Overcome means that you have struggled, you have wrestled with, and you fought against it. Now, Jesus said to this last Laodicean age, overcome even as I overcame. 
but yet we want ours without a battle. It don't come without a battle. It comes with a people that is an army that it says, this is my land and nobody's taking it from me. And this is the passion that Paul told us to run the race with. If, if you go with me to Hebrews 12, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to focus on a couple of things here. He said, wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which has so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of, of God, of the throne of God, and for consider him that endured much contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest you be weary and faint in your mind, you have not yet resisted unto the blood, striving against sin. Now I want you to watch these words. Because as you know, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 tells us that in order for something to be of value in us, it has to be used and exercised. Hebrews 4, uh, 5 14, but strong weight belonging to them that are full age, mature. Now I done told you this is a day where the full word has returned. And that belongs to those that are mature. Is that your word? You you part of that elect lady? Somebody say amen to the word. All right. Even, now watch, even who by reason of use have their senses exercised. Now faith is a sense. And it's got to be exercised. Amen. To discern what's right and wrong, both good and evil. Amen. Now, I want you to get this. It's by reason of use. Say it with me. Reason of use. How many wants more faith? Well, you got to use it to get more. If you don't ever start using what you got, You'll never get more. So there are opportunities that comes up in this life for you to use that faith that God gave you. Now, I'm talking about a people that lives. The dry bones don't do this. Amen. A living, breathing church, a living, breathing army uses what they have. And they go through training for what they do. You just don't send them out. They are trained. They are hardened. That's what Paul said. Endure hardness as a good soldier. Laodicea is soft, easy living, wants everything right now. No. You remember, I walked in Ron Spencer's room when he was there in the hospital, prayed, prayed with him, told him, you're not going to die. I have not come to preach your funeral. 
I have come to see you raised out of here a well man. Yeah, before I left, he was talking back to his mind. They were fixing to harvest his organs. He was brain dead. The next day, I mean, you know, before I leave, he's talking to me. That's the way I prayed, God. I want to see my friend talking to me. By the way, he's preaching a meeting there in Edmonton, going on to Brother Biscoe's this next week. Pray for him. But there, there again, you know, there, there he was. He was about to harvest his organ, brain dead. Doctors had given up hope. But God hadn't. Amen. And I didn't go there. I didn't drive all the way to Virginia to preach his funeral. I walked in his room to pray the prayer of faith. But it didn't happen without a battle. And even when he, when it was pronounced upon him, and he'd come into conscience and begin to talk to me, just like I had prayed for, it was even there months and steps before he walked back into that healed condition. Brother Gary, when you was walking, when you was laying in that room that day, and I walked in your room, and I said, I've come to deal with those devils that are tormenting you. One thing for you to die and Jesus take you home, heal you that way. Glory to God, precious in the sight of the Lord, the death of his saints. But for demons to come in your room and torment you, that ain't, that ain't going to happen in this church. Amen. I wrote in there, I walked in there to, to put a chapter in the book of Acts. In the continuation. Amen. Amen. The Spirit of God came down that day and gave me the gave me the permission there to speak that word. And there, in that moment, God done a work. It just His faith just anchored right there. Amen. Amen. Maybe if it wasn't that night, it was the next morning. He's eating a little Jello and a little more, a little more, and then they. But it was months before he's the well man he is today. Stand up, brother Gary. Amen. This is a trophy of the grace of God. This is because God is a healer. And it's not just for young people. Amen. Amen. God came on the scene. He knows it turned around for him starting right there at that time. But it was a process. And it was a battle. He, he didn't just believe God once. He had to every day continue to confess that promise. Walk toward that well man until him and that well man come together. Are you with me? Same with Ron Spencer. You think all you see is miracle there. All this machinery looks like a, somebody that's on a spacewalk and, you know, I, you know totally, totally just wrapped around with wires and, and, and masks and, and breathing apparatus and everything else. And you think, oh, it was just a miracle. Well, it was. But it took, it took months. And even, even another healing would come later in a meeting where, where that, his lungs would be totally healed after being in that fire. You can go, go to alivinggod.com, alivinggod.com, and you can see his testimony, Mariah's testimony, many of these others. Sister Lana soon have hers there. 
God's a healer. But it don't come without a battle. We want everything handed to us. But we have to use our faith. You know, I tell some of our elderly, you get there in that nursing home because you quit doing things. You want a ticket to the nursing home? Just sit down and do nothing. Get up, kick yourself in the rear end, go do something. Amen. Be, be, you know, be, be up and about. Keep that body moving. Or it gets weaker and weaker. You have to use it. If you don't use it, you lose it. If we don't use our faith, we lose our faith. Amen. So you see, there is a principle of resistance. And God does not remove all resistance from us. We go through one thing to face another. But by going through this, it gives us faith to know if God was here, got to be here. Amen. You know, this strong, the young man. Now, I guess all of us old people should do something. I, I try to swim every day for an hour. That's what I can do. You do whatever you do. But you know, a young man... They will get out there and they will lift weights. He resists the weights, straining against the weights, exerting his strength against it. What does the resistance do? It causes him to grow stronger. Now, you see, and it is the resistance that causes them to grow stronger, and so is it with God. (laughs) You don't know it, devil, but all this resistance is just going to make us a stronger people. Because we see God do one thing, we know God will do another, and he'll do another, and he'll do another, and he'll do another. So resist all you want, but we're just getting stronger. We're not getting weaker. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm talking about we grow stronger by resistance. Hallelujah. Glory to God, that makes you grow stronger in your faith. What does? Resistance. It gives us a chance to exercise that faith, to push back against the enemy. Hallelujah. Amen. So it is that everything that goes against love is the weight. The resistance enables love to grow stronger. When your circumstances are not conducive to joy, but you rejoice anyway. Come on. A lot of us have circumstances that are not conducive to joy. But you see, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when we start feeling down, we start rejoicing. We push back against the resistance. Hallelujah. You do it anyway, and your joy increases. 
Amen. When you turn down that which is not holy, then, you know, then I'll tell you, when it's hardest for you to hope, you start hoping anyway. So, well, hope ain't no good. Well, Abraham hoped against hope. When all hope was gone, he hoped anyway. You see, he pushed back against the unbelief. I'm preaching about an army now. I'm talking about dry bones that's got to come alive. Realize you're alive, and you got to push back against the enemy. When all hell comes against you, you push back against hell. Amen. You grow stronger in God. Don't, give, don't, 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 don't get upset about the resistance. Thank God for it. I'm going to come out of this trial stronger than ever. Amen. The greater the trial, the greater the victory. Amen. My goodness, that's exactly right. That's what you got to do is you got to look at God's promise. God healed you once. He'll heal you twice. You say, I walked on water once, Brother Tim. I got victory over this problem, this sickness, this, that. And I, I don't know where, but I'm back down in it again. Well, Peter walked on water twice. Get your eyes back on Jesus. How did you walk on water the first time he bid you come and you obey? How are you going to walk on the water the second time he bids you come Get up. Shake off that fear. Shake off that doubt. Get up and walk on your water again. Hallelujah. Now, it's not just you saying it. There's someone greater who's got your back. When the exiles had returned to the land from Babylon, they had been captive down there. In Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 1, there's Joshua the high priest, and he's representing the captives from Israel that have returned back to their promised land. Verse 3, verse 1 of chapter 3 of Zechariah, and he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan at his right hand to resist him. We've had the angel of God move through this place. I had the angel of God move through my home one day. When my wife had a brain bleed and was laying there, a brain bleed just be around. You heard Joe Adams say, I was there in the hospital, as he said. I worked there. I asked the doctor, let me see it. It was that big across her brain. And the doctor said, it doesn't look hopeful. Maybe your situation doesn't look hopeful. But there in that room that day as I gathered my family together, I said, we have been trained 
for moments just like this. You've heard enough tapes and sermons, ministry, read enough Bible. You've been trained for moments just like this. Wherever you are, whatever you're facing, you have been trained for moments like this. I said, we will not disbelieve. We will believe. Because that's what we do. We are believers and believers believe. And when I said those words, it come out of my mouth. She'll be in the ICU room, you room tonight. Tomorrow night, she'll be in a regular room. And the next night, she will be in our, in our home, in her own bed. And it happened just that way. It didn't look hopeful, but against hope. We believed in hope. And yet her sight had not returned and her strength had not returned and she's laying there in the bed and we got a crippled child there that has never walked undeveloped hip. You know the story. 18 months old, couldn't even crawl. And the doctors had given their report. But God had a vision for him. And that vision showed him well and walking Is somebody with me now? And the Holy Spirit, when my wife began to take and turn her prayer into a praise. And if I can get you to quit, to quit just praying and moaning and crying unto God and turn it into a praise. And start thanking God for your healing and for your deliverance and for your children's salvation and for the needs that you have. Come on and turn your prayer into a praise. And when she did, the Holy Spirit swept through that room. Her eyesight come back. Glory to God. She was healed by the glory of God. Amen. Just weeks later, she's at the eye doctor like they told her to go. And I sent that little MRI that they had. I sent it to her. I said, show this to the doctor. And the doctor looks at the MRI. He looks down in her eye. He looks at the MRI, and he looks back in her eye. And he says, wonderful, marvelous, only God can do this. Girl, you're a miracle. That's what you are is you're a miracle. And as the Holy Spirit swept through that room that day, a little baby got up out of that floor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And ran. One that had never walked. 18 months old. It couldn't pull itself up and ran all through the room. Because He passed by our way. But I want you to know, Satan, he's still there to resist us. We come in before God and he's there to resist. But I got something, one more verse I want to read. Verse 2 of that. It don't end with Satan resisting. And the Lord said unto Satan... 
The Lord is speaking today. The Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuked thee of Satan. Even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem, this bride, rebuked thee. Didn't I save this one as a brand plucked out of the fire? It was burning there in Babylonian captivity, but I brought him out, and I say, you were burning out there in the world and in sin and in captivity, but God pulled you out. And I say, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Amen. The Lord that had chosen Jerusalem rebuked thee. Is this not a brand that was plucked out of the fire? The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. You're there to resist us. The Lord that has chosen this bride rebuke you, Satan. And there's nobody can stand before him. And he that When the Lord rebukes, I rebuke the same thing. Because I'm going to agree with what he said. Now little Drew is four years old. Four years old. Doctors say there's a pressure on this gland here in the back of his head. They want to do an MRI. They say he's not growing. He's got the bones now, but a year and a half old. They say this controls emotions. I'm getting up with headaches, vomiting. So you don't know what that is. Yeah, I do. It's the devil. Satan is there to resist us, but we're pushing back. Because this word said, The Lord rebuking Satan. The Lord who has chosen this bride rebuke you, Satan. And we're pushing back. We're resisting him in the name of Jesus Christ. Bring little Drew down here. We're going to anoint him with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And God shall raise him up. May the Holy Ghost sweep through this place again. Because we are changing our prayer to a praise. And we are saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is another chapter in the book of Acts. And we are here to write that book of Acts as we lay hands on this child in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For the glory of God. That's right, Drew. Come right here now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, brothers, right around me. Mom and dad. Come on, believe in church right now in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord that chose this bride rebuke you, Satan. We command this body to obey the word of God. Satan, you have resisted us, but we'll only grow stronger. We lay hands upon the sick, and they shall recover. This is the promise of God 
in Jesus' name. We know the scripture, no weapon, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But in the name of Jesus, the God who has chosen us, who swept over us, over that little Drew that day and caused him to walk, now may his body obey the word of God and be healed in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I hand you back a well boy in the name of Jesus. rebuke you of Satan. Even the Lord who chose this bride rebuke you, Satan. Is this bride not a brand that was plucked out of the fire that God saved us from the fire of burning here in this last age to go in a rapture? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we rejoice in him this morning? Love him now with all your heart. Come on, musicians, come. Hallelujah. Amen. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Amen. You make us to walk on water again. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the glory of God. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Let's sing it to him. I love him because he first loved me. Just worship him. Amen. Well, you're just locked in for a moment. You that are listening in, there's some of you that even are at this church, but you're not able to come this morning. You're listening in. You need a healing in your body. I don't want to tell you the same Jesus that is here is the same Jesus that is there. You reach out right now and believe and touch it. Some of you from there, way out, whether you're down in China, Japan, whether you're no matter where you are in Africa, around the world, listen to me right now. He says, I'm the Lord God that healeth thee of all thy diseases. We got the word of the Lord today that says, the Lord rebuke thee. Even the Lord that had chosen this bride rebuke you. In Jesus' name. Father, we commit the word into your hands now. Let it go forth on the wings of this prayer to every home, to every place. And they be delivered now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing. Nothing too hard. Just love him now.
and water again. Amen. We're fuller. Lift up those feeble hands and hang down. Amen. Put that discouragement aside. Start rejoicing in the God of your salvation. Begin to realize we are those exiles that have returned back. Amen. We have received the headstone. Hallelujah. The headstone. Oh, Standing somewhere in the shadows, you find Jesus. He's the one who always cares and understands. Thank you, Jesus. Sincerely now, you know it is a church. 
She's been, she's had a time of in and out and up and down through the past 50 years. But she wants that anchor in her soul. She, she said, if I get one thing, I want the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's the anchor. And she's here this morning. Come here, brothers. Come right down here and stand right here behind her. Come right here. I want to pray with her right now. I believe God will give her the Holy Ghost. But the promise is to us, to our children, even to our mothers. To them that are far off, no matter how far they strayed. As many as the Lord our God shall call. And, the, and God is calling our sister Janice. He's given her another lease on life. She realizes now that, you know, what her trouble is. But she wants the Holy Ghost in her life. Amen. And I say, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord that's chosen this bride that would want to come as a thief to destroy, to kill and destroy. But Jesus, you came that we might have life and life more abundantly. Amen. As I am doing what I feel led to do this morning, I lay my hands upon you. Now in the name of Jesus Christ, may she receive the Holy Ghost today. That devil portion of the Spirit of God, a renewing of the Holy Ghost, a change within her life that gives her that anchor. And she can say, my anchor holds no matter what the storm is. I ask in the name of Jesus, your healer of this bleeding, ulcer and condition in Jesus' name. But Lord, I pray even more, Lord, that you'll do that work of grace within her. Change her forever in thy presence, Lord. That she can say, I know you now, Lord. And that day you shall know that I'm in the Father, the Father in me, and I in you. In Jesus' name, may she know that she knows that she knows that she knows that she knows. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. I call for the breath of God. Oh, breath of God, come breathe upon her today. In Jesus' name, flow through her for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to go to thanking God for it right now. Just go to thanking God for it right now. Sister Janice, lift your voice and praise to him right now. He promised it. He gives it. Amen. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your promises, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you come to abide with me forever. Not something that comes and goes, but abides with me forever. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. And he's the one who always cares and understands. out there in the sort of heart she wants us to see. We believe, Lord, she believes for herself, now she believes for her children. For those that are straying out there, and even her grandchild, that is right now trying to give birth, may there be a greater birth happen. A birth in their family that brings them to God. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. In the shadows you will find me. 
So 